Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio Success Express and Business and Career Show. Uh, today, we welcome back San Diego employment attorney Ward Hendricks. Now, Ward uh, practices employment law in San Diego, but the entire state of California. But he's back on the show today. He comes here every fourth Wednesday, so we get excited about it because we always have some crazy conversation that never sticks with like the protocol. But he always teaches us all something about employment law, whether or not you are a business owner or the employee there's always something to know about. And today it's about San Diego in specific, which gets interesting. He was on the show. Well, he's always talking about California employment law, but uh, five years ago, we did a, like a list of things, uh, employment, uh, employment laws that San Diego business owners need to know. And then we looked back and went, oh my God, a whole bunch has happened since 2018. We've had a pandemic. We've had presidential changes, congressional changes. California's had big more rain than they've had in five years, right? Um, a lot has happened. And, you know, I, I got younger. That's the one thing that is the most important. But welcome back, Ward. How are you? Well, I would just want to say congratulations. You got younger. That's that's Isn't a trick. Cool? I like that. I, think I like you that. You got younger too. You did. did. I? Nancy got Nancy got younger. Okay. We all got younger. We pushed yeah. the little button back. Yeah. So this yeah. is a, this is a Benjamin Button kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right. We love to have a button. Yeah, we Boy, all I want feel it. good today. Let's. Yeah. All right. So, so and not only do I feel good today, it is beautiful outside. I just have to say is that it? because yeah. San Diego's weather has been unusually cold unusually overcast we've gotten so much oh. rain this year i mean um there's a, a lake in the mountains and it's flowed over the deck uh, over the dike and oh. it's almost over to the next highway i mean it's just like a gigantic oh. uh, lake. oh i want to go to julian what do you think lake Cuyamaca yeah that's where it like is it's oh, Cuyamaca. Cuyamaca. Really? yeah yeah it's oh, way overbounds. it's just unbelievable so anyway wow. uh it's nice to have some sunshine for a change yeah, and we're gonna get flowers. Um, I, I'm sorry. Flowers, flower power, and the Borrego Desert looks yeah. magical from uh -huh. what I've seen on Facebook groups, and and I'm like, oh, I want to go Lots home. Lots of poppies. <laughs> like, oh, Lots yeah. of poppies. California Carrizo yeah. Plain, which is a little north of you. You mm. know, it's a it's an ancient Beautiful. Dead Sea, and now it's a sea of wildflowers that oh. hasn't happened for oh, so long. Uh, Carrizo Plain is kind of on the way up to central california inland but kind of towards the coast so above la okay, Carrizo okay. plain yeah look it up it's kind I'll of have to look that up yeah we did a it's detour beautiful. once and it, and it wasn't like what it is now but you could see this you know dead sea it's an ancient salt bed and it's really cool salton sea apparently has water i don't know if it's still uh -huh. got dead fish but the salton sea apparently got water too, got water too. which is cool well, and you know, I haven't, I go, I hunt at the Salton Sea for duck every year, at least a couple of times. And um, I was just thinking, I'll bet you it's getting some nice fresh water, which it needs. Uh, that's yeah. a cool place. It's just a super cool place, unusual place. Um, it so is unusual. I hope they, you know, we you know, have breathed some life back into it. I mm -hmm. hope so too. Um, San Diego, so we get back to these laws and this checklist that you have, which is really important for employment lawyers, uh, employment uh, employment laws, but for the business owners, I should say. 
Um, I want to, before we get into it, kind of differentiate between like there's federal law, state law, and then mm. when you talk about San Diego law, this is going to be a little bit different from like when we talk about Julian Sultan Sea or Anza Borrego is going to be a little different because that's an unincorporated area. But when you talk about San Diego City, this is going to be different, right? So what we're talking about today is city. I just want to make sure people understand that. Well, a lot. No, actually, most of it's California. And some, okay. I've mentioned the city sometimes. Okay. So, we, yeah, because yeah, I'm really thinking of uh, San Diego County and okay. how it between that and the city. Uh, and of course, all over California. I mean, the, 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 some of these laws that I've talked about that, you know, I reported five years ago have changed pretty dramatically. And so people really mm -hmm. need to understand that throughout California, really. And then there, you got to remember that uh, depending on the type of law, usually minimum wage is one that's affected by municipalities. And so yeah. San Francisco has a bigger one. Uh, San, San Diego has a larger minimum wage. L.A. Does, I mean, so there's so many different places, many uh, different cities, San Jose, for instance, up in the Bay Area. So all those cities often, very often have their own minimum wage. So, OK, so so I'm, I'm not tackling all those little changes. I'm really tackling the California changes and then mentioning San Diego. OK. Hmm. Okay, cool. So, well, this, but I think it's important for business owners now, people just starting a business, because there's so many entrepreneurs, and God, we need more entrepreneurs in the world. Come on, we got to fight those big corporations. I'm just saying, come on, <laughs> let's get out there. You can be a big right. corporation center, but let's get these these small businesses going. But um, also, people moving. I know a lot of people are talking about how people are leaving California because of employment laws and and labor laws and all kinds of laws. But there's always people moving in and money, right, and, and expense. But from what I can tell, there's equally still more people moving back into California. I remember San Francisco, everybody's like, we're bailing San Francisco. And, and you know, musicians I know have done it, chefs, all kinds of people. And now I'm finding out there's still a ton of people living in the Bay Area. Get over it. It's not, it's, there's diehards of their area. And then there's people still moving there. So are you experiencing that as an employment attorney that people are still moving in to San Diego? I, well, the stuff I've read uh, seems like more people are moving out than moving in. So I think we're on a negative oh, growth path right oh. now. I mean, but it's not, you know, hugely dramatic. I, you know, the population is 40 million and it, you know, how much does That's it That's a lot. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, uh, but, I you know I haven't noticed it in my business. I'll tell you that. I mean, I just seem to people need help, uh, both yeah. employers and employees. And and I do most of my work is with employers now. I mean, it's just changed over time. I do. I say uh, most times I do about eighty percent employer work, twenty percent employee work. Uh, but there's plenty of work to go around. Uh, so I haven't noticed it in my business. You know, people leaving. But you know, the the ones that have left the businesses are ones that. I probably wouldn't work for like Tesla. That's huge. And they usually want a big law firm and, you know, all that. And so I, I help people who have usually fewer than a hundred employees. Um, the ones that are the mm -hmm. champions, the small business people. The smaller businesses. About, yeah. We want them. I think they're so important to our economy and we need to do, we need more. And we need to all work together more and more as we get these, like you're talking about the big Teslas, which I think have a place, but 
I think we need diversification. I'm just saying, just getting on my little rant. No, I I like that too. I like the small businesses. Uh, Mom Mm. and pop are really trying to make a good go of it. It is getting harder in California because some of the laws just make it hard for smaller entities to exist. Mm. But they're, they're fighting the good fight and I'm helping them fight the good fight. So it's not like every business is leaving. Certainly not. Um, we have had some, you know, dramatic headlines. Tesla is one, uh, but there's plenty of people who are staying here and uh, figuring out how to make a living. Mm. And right. Amazon, Amazon's still pretty big in the area. Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Amazon's yeah, I know because well, Central California, not I know an area that we cover. They're getting more and more um, manufacturing, and then. Um, like the warehouse work they're getting like the packing places and distribution centers which quite frankly they are set up for it and a good place to have it and the economy needs that you know what i mean they're agricultural so they're seasonal but they actually need some of that and i think it's some certain places are set up for it more than others like i remember when they started with denver and denver's going dude we're already like you know over capacitated like what are you going to do yeah. where where are you going to put this mm. whereas there's these smaller communities that have people going we need jobs we're going to leave out we're going to leave to the city if something doesn't change and then so i think those there's a balance to be made right in those areas so and there's a balance in employment laws that come with that and your your state is pretty good about going you're not going to be doing that anymore if you're going to be here. So in, in a lot of ways, I think that's good. Um, but California, San Diego, you talk about having a handbook. Ooh, yes. so do these things actually still exist, even if it's digitally, <laughs> right? It may be a digital sure. handbook now, right? So five years good ago, point. it's a little different now, right? Good point. I think that really probably depends on the size of the employer more than anything. Uh, you Mm. We'll have larger employers who talk about uh, getting access to the online handbook. Mm. Uh, and with the businesses that I deal with mostly, it's still a hard copy that they hand out. Mm. Um, but there's nothing wrong with giving someone access to the handbook online through your uh, web portal or uh, your um, yeah, just through a web portal, I guess, basically. So. But here's the here's the thing. You want someone to to sign it, and usually you want someone to say, "Yeah, I read it and understand it." And there have been issues with you know clicking and saying, "Well, that does that. What does that mean? Does that mean they've signed it? Does that mean they really understand it?" And then sometimes you have an issue with someone clicking it for them. <laughs> um, so oh, if, wow. if oh, a yeah. business owner, you know, accidentally hits that, uh, I've read and understood this and clicks that, maybe that's not really happening. So there are some mm. issues with uh, completely mm. electronic and digital versions of handbooks. I would say if you want to be safe, you really ought to hand them out and have people sign it. Um, there are ways of safeguarding signatures online, though, too. So that's the mm-hmm. yeah, you can way to a photo and scan it. Yeah, yeah. I think the digital, to be really honest, like when you print it out, you can actually read the fine print a little bit more than when it's online, especially people are doing things on their phone. 
I mean, how many things do we sign? I mean, I just got a new phone and I just like, oh, screw it. Yeah, whatever. I'm not reading this crap. Are you, tell are you kidding me? I can't read 10 pages of tiny print and I'm not going to sit there and blow it up and try and find my way in a sea of words of something. I have no idea what you're saying, but you're basically covering your butt. And no matter what I do, I know I'm screwed as, this, as a consumer. So you just sign it, right? So yeah, I wonder if that no, happens. I do the same thing. Yeah, we all do. It's like sometimes I'm careful and I'll read it, but not very often. Yeah, if it's something like I, you have to look at it. Go, is this worth my time or not? Like you know, it's like everybody in the cookies on their website. We don't have the cookies problem on our website. Why? Because we don't have the ads that suck up people's information. We've made that choice as a client, as a yeah. as a as a website. Uh, everything we do, I we put on it. our site. So even if you're listening to a podcast, it's on our site. Unless you click through the podcast company, not our problem. If you do that, now they're going to get your information. But when you're on our site, you're safe. And we did that as a safe place as like, you know, and also just privacy, you know. But I think the printed out thing is important. But what should be in that? What is the important stuff in this employee handbook? Well, the I, you know, because the article is hitting the old checklist yeah you can go into all the details and honestly i don't think we have time to do that yeah yeah that's a, <laughs> that yeah, we you could don't have, have a handbook that would be uh, a interview. whole handbook conversation yeah. but the but one the i hit though changed, was yeah. the the california family rights act which has changed so much since uh, mm. i first wrote the article now instead of uh, employers who have 50 or more employees are covered by the California Family Rights Act. Now, uh, employers who have five or more employees are. So that's a huge change. That's so small employers change. now have to do this. And it's, it, it parallels FMLA. So it's talking about leave for serious health conditions. Uh, now, in the, the CFRA, the California Family Rights Act, also there's baby bonding allowed under it. It's all unpaid time, but you can get up to 12 weeks during uh, a, a year, or, or however they define the year. Um, so that's big. And, and if you think of a, a small company that has five employees and maybe the boss on top of that, the boss might be one of the five employees. Um, and you think, hey, I want to take 12 weeks off unpaid for one of those. That's 20% of your workforce just gone. So yeah. I'm not super comfortable. Honestly, I'm not super comfortable that, with and that. And paid. And paid. Unpaid. It's unpaid. Unpaid. Oh, unpaid. Okay. Unpaid. unpaid. Uh, you can, if depending on how you define some of the terms, you could, well, you can always make a pay. You say, we're just going to offer payment. But usually, uh, if there's any payment, it's tied into vacation time that's available and things like that. So the part of it could be paid depending on how they run it. But it's, the law only requires unpaid. And I just think that can be really tough if you have, you know, five or 10 employees, that's, that, that could be a tough thing. And so I'm not excited about it at that level, but I, mm -hmm. I it seemed like a, a, a decent law at the 50 or more, and maybe you can bring it down. They did other things <laughs> before they changed it to five, where they had a special carve out for employers who had, was it 25 or more? I think it was 29 for some reason is coming to my head. So anyway, they, they've been they've been messing with this law for a while and, and indicating that we're going to reduce the number from 50 to something. And then they finally just said it's five just a couple of years ago. But that's, you know, that's that, really that could hard. hurt. That could yeah. really hurt. Like if you um, 
Like I used to head up the team that went in and, and designed kitchens. And if your head person who knows how to do the plumbing doesn't show, you are really in trouble. And it's not like you got somebody else if you only got a team of five. Yeah, you got your specialist. But you saw you. Yeah, well, that, it's hard. Yeah, it's it hard. could be very hard. And it depends on the circumstances. Maybe in that circumstance, they could go out and find a plumber who says, Yeah, mm. I'll work for a month for yeah. you because I'm an independent contractor myself. Yeah. You might mm -hmm. have to make an employee, you know, just to hit it right. But, I think, yeah. I think, I think that is kind of where we're going. And I think it's good. And I also think it's bad. Um, and if the company doesn't do it well, I mean, just before we started recording, we were talking about a corporation that we've been dealing with who has contractors who really don't give a damn about what they're doing. They don't seem to, they're just getting a contract. They don't represent themselves as the company represents themselves. And basically the customer's getting screwed. And so as all of this mm -hmm. comes down, and I'm all for like, if somebody needs time off, if something is like a child or there's a, there's sick leave, there's all kinds of things that there's necessary mm -hmm. time out. I get it that you still want to have your job and something traumatic may have happened. It could be a wildfire. It could be whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in California. I get it. But at the same time, like if the company, like if you have a small restaurant, maybe a chef, somebody at the front, somebody who's helped to clean, some a manager, you could, and you get a rush, your your clients are going to get pissed. You could actually ruin your company over not having that one employee there unless you go and get somebody else to help you. And then you have to go through a training process. Then you have to go through, here's this, this, this. And, and then we've got the independent contractor laws that screw you over on that. Like you can't make them do this because they're an independent contractor. But everybody wants the work. At the end of the day, I think the business owner, the employees, and the independent contractors all want the right thing. But in sometimes, I think the laws are screwing everybody, <laughs> and yet they're supposed to help. Because, like, I I deal with uh, you know businesses all the time, whether it's purchasing or just in our business, and I can guarantee you, businesses are shorthanded more than we all think. Oh, and having to now. deal with it and are literally crippled in regards to doing what they need to do for customer service because of it, which means eventually that business, mm -hmm. if it doesn't have customer service, a chat that's box right. and a computer is not going to replace it. No. And so that's where that industry is coming in. So sorry, I rant, but it's true. You, you know what I well, mean? No, there, I think there are two sides to many of those coins that you just talked about and one is uh, you know does it really make sense to have employers who only have five people um re and require them to give someone 12 weeks of leave you know potentially 12 weeks doesn't have to be there's more flexibility and you know i i, I agree with you i see both sides that's good for someone who needs the time needs for it. a serious right. situation on the other hand i think if you have a valued employee that you don't terminate them anyway as a practical matter you go well, we're going to work with you so you work it out informally so but california said well we don't trust that because we don't think it happens all the time i i'm assuming that's part of the thinking and so we want to make sure that these people who really need this take advantage or are able to take advantage of it and so but but i do see the other side of that coin which is man 
you know, they have mm-hmm. five employees and now they're missing their key person. And that's really hard to replace And, and like, yeah. it could depend on the situation. Maybe you can plug that, uh, plug that stopgap situation up a little bit, but maybe you really can't, you know, this person has so much uh, institutional knowledge that you just can't replace them. So that's tough. Um, and, and I'm not, yeah, you know, yeah. It is what it is. I I see both sides of that. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned mentioned the ABC law to an independent contractor. I had to bring that up, man, because that is really changed. It has and it hasn't in a way. It's big. It's big. And um, there's two sides of that coin. There really are. Uh, California's Mm -hmm. decided, hey, we really do want more workers to be employees. And I think in some cases that makes sense. But there are a lot of cases mm-hmm. where it doesn't, and they've even created more exemptions since they passed the law originally just to take care of these industries that say, uh, you know, the workers saying, this is not good for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always a tension. Someone is always going to get hurt by more regulation. Someone's going to be helped. Uh, and, you know, oh, you just got to pick, your, way to put it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta mm-hmm. pick your winners and losers. I really, you just And as decide. an attorney, you have to sit there and just go, this is the law. And you're going to, you yeah, no, I got to tell people what the law is and what the risk is, depending on the situation. Yeah. And it could be an employee saying, well, here's the law. I think you have risk in bringing a case. So there may be risk there. I Mm -hmm. go to employers a lot and say, well, this is the law. And I see risk for you if you're doing, if you're operating this way, Um, you know, so you may end up with a bad problem if you continue to do it this way. So maybe you should change it, but that's up to you. That's how I do it. Anyway, I go, that's really your call. Mm. I just want to let you know what the risk is and how you might take care of it. So mm. what if you want to change the law because it sucks? So that's what Uber and oh. Lyft did, right? But they put tons oh. of money into it. What if you're a small <laughs> company that goes, this is bull and a bunch of us yeah. small companies. So maybe we don't have the millions that Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and all of them have to put into it. How does that work? I mean, yeah. does the justice system allow mm. for that? Can they come knock on your door and say, Ward, come on, carry that flag, and Ward's going to go, dude. <laughs> yeah, what pay happened? my uh, hourly rate, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah. yeah, you know, the people you ask to help you are trying to make a living, too. So, it, it, you know, it's hard to do a big thing like that pro bono, that's for sure. That's really so, hard. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you can buy justice. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about it. Certainly you can. Now, that just, I'm not being, you know, yeah, I know, but um, but someone who's got money has more access to the tools of the legal system than people who don't. That yeah, absolutely, it's just because true. it because it's still because a lawyer still people always oh it's attorney fees and I'm like well attorneys have to make a living too, like honestly, well, it's still time. I, I mean, I, I've got it. I mean, it's your work burn. and. You have to read the fine print like that I scroll through and go, well, I'm not reading this crap. <laughs> you yeah, read I mean, that stuff. And I'm going, hell no, I'm calling Ward because really yeah. he, I mean, there's like Nancy's got the brain for that kind of stuff. But like, I, I mean, I do and I don't, but I'm not going to spend my time trying to be a lawyer when there's a lawyer who went into college, got a degree, you went through the bar exam. And that's like, even hmm. realtors, I'm sorry, but I think realtors really they they get their due they went through all the that fine print and all those laws oh yeah no a good realtor is a prized commodity yeah like a mechanic right a good mechanic yep same thing i agree it's like trying to to change a law it's that's a whole different ball of wax that takes months to years and i'm just saying you need a 
yeah. you need a group behind you because it's going to go to a vote somewhere at some point. Like I, a change. I, minimum yeah, without wage is, some kind well, of vote somewhere. Which how means did minimum publicity. wage change? How did minimum wage change, though? That was people oh, get together and complain. Well, th that went through the legislature. <laughs> now, the the DoorDash exemption, DoorDash, Uber, Lyft exemption from the ABC test and AB5, which again de determines who's an independent contractor and who's a, a, a an employee, uh, was changed by a ballot measure. So it was oh. something that people voted on directly and during an election. Yep. But what we're talking about with <laughs> minimum wage, that was voted on by the legislature. People we elect do that. We're rep remember, we're a representative republic. You know, we send, mm -hmm. send people up there and they do their thing for us. Um, so slightly different, but same concept. <laughs> it's democratic. Nancy just laughed at you for what you just said. But anyway, go ahead. O okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, or they're supposed to. They're supposed to represent the people. Anyway, go ahead. Well, Sorry. Yes, they're supposed to. Well, Sorry. and if you don't like them, then vote them out. Exactly. Uh, anyway. Um, so the legislature did get together and it's been a long time i think 20 was it 2016 when they changed the law i think so yeah. 2015 2016 um they passed the minimum wage law which affected which increased the minimum wage every year for about six years mm. and so it went from at the time i think we were at nine dollars and then it went to 10 and it, it went up depending on how many uh, differently, depending on how many employees you had. If you have 25 or more employees, then it um, increased usually 50 cents more than if you had 25 or fewer. Uh, and then it became a dollar difference. And then, But now 2023, everyone's the same. And it was mm -hmm. supposed to be $15 and that's the max at the time. But then, of course, the legislature said, we can always change this in the future. Funny thing. It's not 15, it's 1550 in California because the legislature said, well, there's been inflation, so we're going to increase it by 50 cents. Mm -hmm. So it didn't stop at 15. Yeah. It was, now it's at 1550. Um, huh. But that is legislation. That's the legislative process. Okay, so now we're minimum wages, right? So I remember at one point it was San Diego City was different than the county versus the state or, or federal. Mm -hmm. When you said everyone, where, where are we now? Just so that people can get a better perspective of what is it now? And is it the same for the entire state or San Diego different? Yes. Um, and like we were saying earlier in the program, different cities and municipalities often have different minimum wage. Now, if they're lower, then the state minimum wage trumps that. If they're higher than the state minimum wage, then they're, then the city's minimum wage trumps it. So right now, uh, San Diego has uh, $16.30, $16.30 is the minimum wage in San Diego, wow. city of San Diego. So if you're outside the city and you're still in the county, you you default. Usually, I'm not aware of another municipality in San Diego that has a different minimum wage than the state. So I think if you're outside the city of San Diego, you will always be at the state minimum wage. But I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Like Carlsbad might be more because it's la da yeah, I was trying to think of something north on the coast, and I'm not aware of it. I haven't mm. run into it. Ooh, I have questions about Carlsbad for you, but it's we'll do it on a different show. I just, I want, I think it goes more with OSHA. Sometimes I have to remember that 
employment law and safety laws, two different things, right? For, for, well, to, that's actually a good thing to talk about. Yeah. Well, because there's, there, they need to upgrade what's going on with people getting hit with the train is my point. It, well, it's work related, put it that way. OSHA is, um, what is it? Occupational Self and, and Occupational Safety and Health Act. But it's okay. about that uh, occupational is the key there. It's about where the where business is done. It's about the employment space. Okay, but if they're it not improving the safe. safety of the train, aren't the people on the train that are running the train in danger every time they keep someone keeps getting hit like all the time in Carlsbad? Just like boom, another person oh. died. Like what's going on there? Yeah, yeah kind of crazy. Has... Like, and I thought about it. For, well, you know, it's San Diego, so as soon as I keep seeing this, which is it's really sad what's happening and then i think god there's so many workarounds and better ways to be and safety i mean i don't understand why they can't make it safer um i mean i just don't understand enough but my first thing is going ward this is an endangerment for the employees too i mean if you're on the train and running it isn't that an, a danger for the employees so where's that line of safety where's that line of employment law and OSHA and, and, yeah. and work, workman's well, comp and all of that. You, know? you, you brought up an interesting situation. So if the safety is really focused on the riders or on someone who's crossing the tracks, for instance, that probably isn't employment law. Right. If it, but if it, if it touches on safety for the worker, then that does sound like at least it could be employment law and maybe there is an OSHA regulation that would apply. Okay, what happens if, yeah, I mean, if you're operating the train under something that's unsafe because no one's upgrading safety? That's where I was going with it on the employee side. Like, what if you're the conductor or the ticket person or, you know, I haven't ridden a train for a long time, as you can tell. But, you know, I mean, there's people on the train. And if someone gets yeah. hit, the chances are anybody on the train can get hurt, too, just like a car, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I think that's a really good example of a situation that would overlap with public safety yes. and, and mm -hmm. occupational safety. All sorts of laws would come into play. Well, I think they need to start doing, obviously, something has to happen, unfortunately, for Carlsbad. And I love Carlsbad. It's beautiful. Carlsbad you know? is really nice, yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Yeah. And, and Oceanside mm -hmm. up at the harbor and all of that. I love San Diego. I mean... Yeah, we lived there. It's where our magazine started, you know, Encinitas. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, you know, musically speaking, Pearl Jam started Eddie Vedder out of Encinitas, Lucadia Beach. He used to jam oh. out in this one little tiny pocket park. Jewel mm -hmm. used to live in her van out of Encinitas. Yeah. I knew Jewel did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a, a San Diego switchfoot comes from San Diego. Um, you guys have so much music, you know, and then I've got all our friends out there, too. That's awesome. But. So we talked a little bit about minimum wage. Let's touch on sick leave, paid sick leave, because that's a little different than what we were talking about. Someone um, that needs those three weeks, those uh, oh, 12 weeks, excuse me, three months. Yeah. And, and the situations that call up for paid sick leave and um, FMLA leave, it's people know it by that more than anything else, um, can overlap. So you could have some sick leave okay. that you use. Uh, let's say you're in San Diego, city of San Diego and you have five days of sick leave. Um, you could maybe get paid for 
five days of the California Family Rights Act leave two under the sick leave law, and then get unpaid leave after that. So they can't overlap. But yes, the sick leave, um, the idea behind that is, you know, it was passed, I think, in 2016, or it became effective in 2016. And um, that law hasn't changed much, but I pointed out in my article that the, the change that I think is pretty significant just happened, just happened this year. And that is you can designate a person who's not in your family and take care of them the way you would be allowed to take care of a family member under the sick leave law. So sick leave is not only for you as the employee when you're sick, but it also can be used for your children, your grandparents, um, spouse, you know, mom-in-law kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, I think on maybe on this one, uh, mother-in-law isn't included. Oh, sick leave. I think it's not on sick oh. leave, but it is on the California family. Everybody rights runs when it's the mother-in-law. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> but she the, wasn't the, nice to me on my wedding day. I'm running for the hills on this one. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding yeah. before everyone I get emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're just kidding. Uh, yeah. But the, the main point is now you can just say this person I want to treat as if they're a family uh, as okay. part of the family. And oh. also the California Family Rights Act allows that now too. Okay. So you could say, I want my mom-in-law to be part of this. Yes. Like you, so you, you sure can could. do that part, but it wasn't automatic. Now you can, you can say my mom-in-law was really good to me on my wedding day and I love her and I want to take care of her. See, see how I regroup that? I, yep, I brought nice. it back around. I like I it. Think it. But that, that is was part of family. That would make her part of the family anyway. So makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm not 100% <laughs> confident on the differences between the group that's allowed to take CFRA and the group that's allowed to take sick leave. But I'm pretty sure the sick leave law isn't as expansive mm. as the CFRA law. And I'm pretty oh, wow. sure you can't take time off under sick leave for your mother-in-law. But I, I could be wrong on that. So it's like kind but of a, certainly you can of, designate them if you want. These things are merging like in a weird way. They're dancing around. They're, together, they're not hundred percent merged. There's no doubt. They're slightly yeah. different. Yeah. Mm. Wow, man, this is it cool. gets complicated, Ward. Like seriously, how do you do this stuff? Like how do you? I mean, how do? I mean, you guys have all these law books and stuff. Like how do you go? I mean, things change so much. Do the law books? All those old books, do they mean anything anymore? Like, because things change so much. Do you actually go in? I mean, they always have these photos. Here's the big law books. And I go, dude, no way. And then I go, like, I always think, Ward, do you, are, do you have all those books? And do you have to go in there and then go and look? Oh, that law hasn't changed or hasn't or is everything online now? What What's going on with that? Yeah, most of the research is done online now. Uh, mm. You know, I have a service uh, where I have access to databases that allow me to look up a case law in California, um, Ninth Circuit, things like that. Uh, I don't have the whole country because I just don't need the whole country. I don't have a license right. to practice in New York, for instance, so I just need that. Um, yeah, so most of it's done online. I do get some books still, and I still like to crack them, but, you know, I mm. think maybe that I means you like to them. dust just a little bit. You just you'll like to dust a little. <laughs> you know, I, I first started practicing when we had books and the Internet wasn't that powerful. So wow. I still there's a few books. That I still just like to have the book and yeah. maybe I'll break that yeah. habit before I retire. But don't count on it. It's mm. like 
you know, there's magazines are coming back out in print too. And I'm excited about it. Like that's our backbone. I mean, that's who yeah. Nancy and I are magazine print, smell the ink people, you know, and you know, I, I want it back. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, we, we're not going to, I should never say we're not going to change because a change is about to come. It's all good. But, you know, it's always changing in our industry. And yet I want those that are doing it, they're doing it in a completely different way that um, I think they could only do it because of the internet, right? So you can only do it because you can have a reacher spread of getting subscribers because you couldn't do it all by mail. Like, you know what I mean? You couldn't. Oh, yeah, no, no. How do you, you know what I mean? You can't get subscribers uh-huh. in Canada um, cheaply, <laughs> you know, cost effectively, I should say. Um, you, But you could get them and have the subscription go around the world and, and mail people magazines. But to acquire those people takes so no, much takes- um, money to do that. It's it's really, really, really difficult. So it's kind of interesting. And the books, I think it we're seeing books come back. But it is those books like it's kind of like there's evergreen stuff, evergreen material. And I think that's I hope, you know, I know you're writing a book. So yeah. you, I hope you're, you're going to print oh. it right. You're going to at least. I, yeah, some- no, I am. I am. Um, you know, we'll just see how that develops. I'm, I yeah. push back my um, date on which I'm going to release it till September now because I really okay. I'm. I'm I'm in deep into the editing, but I need to, you know, really get yeah. that. But I, I love this because lawyers are such good writers. I think you guys, mm-hmm. all of you are, it's amazing how many lawyers we interview on and that are writers, fiction and nonfiction, but I'm going to go mm-hmm. back. So, all right. So we've got these vacation leaves. Let's anything else I'm missing out on that. Cause you've got the ABC, we've got vacation and where am i missing on this there's sick leave vacation vacation policy like well, have i missed yeah, anything no, the vacation policy yeah um recently now, San this Diego, is, let's all go to vacation <laughs> well yeah you if you yeah. have unlimited vacation you can come here as long as you want um so <laughs> but that's the new trend and it's not a legislative thing it's something that some companies started doing and i, I they, they were doing it back when first wrote this, but it just wasn't as big a thing. And now I'm just seeing it much more where a company will, and even not big companies, I, I work for a nonprofit and I do some work for them still. And they have, you know, a handful of employees, but they have offered unlimited vacation. And it, it means that you can take as much vacation as you want. Now, the reason I think the main reason for that is, and some some people go, oh, that just sounds so great, and so it attracts employees potentially. Uh, but also, it's not a wage in California now. Most vacation, if you do it the old way, which is you accrue vacation over time as you do more work, uh, that's considered a wage, and so you have to pay all unused vacation at the time of termination or the time someone quits. So you got to pay because yeah. you know the stockpile of, of uh, vacation is a wage, and you got to pay it out at some point. Mm. The unlimited, there's no accrual. You're just saying, "Hey, you get as much as you want." Now I trust you to not abuse this, but I I'm fine if you take time that you really need to recharge because I want you recharged. So I think that's how it's approached, but. The benefit for an employer who does it, and you got to do it right, but the benefit for an employer who does it right, um, they don't have to pay out 
earned vacation when someone leaves because there's no earned vacation. It doesn't accrue over time. It's what you take whenever, whatever you want. So long as you do your job, basically. Of course. And that, you know, is going to be governed by um, management. You know, we mm-hmm. think you might not be doing a job. Maybe you took a little too much vacation. You know, we're not going to punish you for that. But we're going to, what we're going to do is punish you for not doing your job. You know, that kind of thing. And, and that's, a well, you know, could be a tight line to, to um, tow for um, for a business, too. Well, this is interesting yeah. because. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking about some of my I friends. Imagine like, how do you? How are you doing like, this? You know, but they work. They work hours that are ungodly, and then, then all of a sudden they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're they're they can. It's like oh, I'm going on sabbatical. All these people taking sabbaticals. I know a, a person who took a year long sabbatical. I'm like, how do you do that and go back to work? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Now that's a little different. Uh, we're talking about paid vacation, unlimited. Mm-hmm sabbaticals usually aren't paid now sometimes there's a stipend associated with it but very few employers are going to say here's a year's worth of salary you go to italy and do your thing you know whatever sabbatical is i whoever they are i'll i think i'll quit the magazine and podcasting now let's go Well, you, I'll go to I mean, Italy for a year. You can of, take your own sabbatical if you want to. You I know, well, we're on the road full time. I think we kind of are. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what I mean? But that's what I've seen is these sabbaticals huh. and people being able to just go anytime. And I always wonder like, okay, so legality wise, like what's going on here? And, but I see people that are working. So I think in some businesses, like you're saying, a nonprofit, sometimes you have um, campaigns you're doing or whatever is it cleaning water i don't know whatever it is you sometimes are working 24 hours a day and you're going to need to have that balance it's kind of like when you know guys and girls serve in the military go off and you understand this you're you can't sit there and say sorry war i need <laughs> i know we're in the middle of a battle but i need to take a vacation i need to yeah, no, it's, it's that's not it, work right well. right and but then when you're off you're off you know what i mean so it's kind of and and like teachers, they get these huge vacations. It's not as big as everyone thinks, but you know, so I wonder about that. It's kind of like, how does that work? How do you manage to work that? But it's it's still you're still paid no matter how much fake you're paid. You're still paid as though you're going to work. It's supposed to be paid vacation. Um you I wow. I, I guess there's no all right. So there's no law that really governs this. There is a case that says if you want. An unlimited paid vacation policy. Here's how you have to run it. It's called McPherson is the case. Um, but I, I think an employer could say, well, we don't offer pay, uh, paid vacation, but we offer you unpaid vacation. So you can take that yeah. whenever you want. Now, do you really need a policy for that? Because I think most people who don't offer paid vacation do offer, you know, you, you can take time off, but you're just not going to get paid for it. So yeah. decide what you want. Um, but I think you could create a policy that's unpaid as well as paid. But what I'm really talking about is the trend is paid unlimited vacation. Wow. Wow. So now when people like, cause there is um, negotiations going on these days, right. Too, especially with people that want that vacation or may say, I'll work remotely. I don't want to come to work every day. It's a waste of my time. And I get it. Who wants to go through traffic three hours a day 
when you have a family and you could get things done from home and maybe go to the office twice a week or something like that for what's necessary. I'm seeing that not it's not necessarily going away. It's people are more back at work than, you know, right after yeah, the pandemic. Yes, they're, they're definitely back. But I'm seeing this kind of half approach, three quarter approach, like you still get to work at home a little bit, um, especially management. They're like, I just need to go do my thing, you know, leave me alone. Um, so I see that, but I see that kind of tying with the vacation thing and it being because people are still negotiating hardcore in regards to careers. If you've got something to bring to a company, you're going to negotiate now if a company really needs those employees. So do you help the employer and the employee potential employees when it comes to, I mean, is that ever a legal process? Like, can you look over this to make sure I'm signing the right thing? If I really want this unpaid or paid leave, unpaid, whatever, either one, or I want to be able to say, I do get this much time to work remotely to make sure the company, when you sign, yes, I'm going to work for you, that it's legit. Do you ever do that? Or is that still an HR thing? Um, mostly what you're talking about would be an offer letter. And okay. it's usually not a formal employment contract, although it could be a limited contract. So in an offer letter, say you're going to get A, B, C, D, whatever, you know, whatever it is, maybe part of it's unpaid or uh, unlimited paid vacation. They could, and then you go, okay, great. That's what I want. Um, but it's not very detailed. So if you, you know have a CEO of a big company, they're going to have a real detailed uh, That's contract. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And this, and what you're talking about, and I've worked on some of those kinds of things, not you know AT and T, but um, some more detailed contracts, but not much. I don't do much of that. Uh, what I see is offer letters that are generated by the company, and no one's ever asked me about it, and I don't think I've, anyone's ever asked me about an offer. Well, I probably have been when I'm starting to think maybe a couple of times where they've asked me, well, what do you think about this offer letter for this person? So, you know, that kind of thing. I've only done it a, a handful of times, uh, but mostly I see it when someone is getting terminated and they're a little angry or they think it's not fair and they say, my offer letter said X and I never got that. Um, and so I see that either for on the employer side or the employee side, the employer side would be, this guy's mad because he says we didn't give him this uh, on the employee side. I'm mad because I didn't get this. So I, I that's where I usually see the offer letters is, is after the, the normally after the employment relationship is come to an end or is going to end soon. So the offer letters an offer letters. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Isn't there a contract that you sign? Like, okay, yes, you will get this more than well, like here's okay the offer. so many often letters offer letters have both parties sign oh okay but i you know you don't necessarily have to sign to have a contract so i would say i think offer letters really are small employment contracts i promise you this for your work in the future hmm. so they're small they're not very detailed uh but i think by and large those things can be enforceable and what about when you will not compete? If you leave here, you're not taking our clients. You're not taking our well, knowledge. You, you can't. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, We've no, done a in little California, bit. Um, and there are other states who have the same kind of policy. The policy for California is to allow people to work in their chosen area, a, a professional area. 
So th- those um, types of agreements are fairly strictly limited in California. You can only have a non-compete uh, in limited situations. Like if you sell a business and then, then you can say, all right, I don't want you competing at me because you just sold me your business. If you okay, that makes sense. It, uh, um, partnership agreements, uh, you know, sale of business through partnerships and then the, this partner can't compete against us. That, you know, is allowed. Um, okay. Yeah, so true non-competes, very frowned on in California. There are See, ways but that's, to that's a good thing for people degree. to know. You may, this is a good law. <laughs> Well, in some states, completely allow them. You you can have a non-compete. So, but California is different. Their policy is different. Okay. Mm. Good stuff to know. Good Mm. stuff. Lord, we always learn stuff. We always do. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, everyone. BestEmploymentAttorneySanDiego.com. See, I don't even have to read my screen for that. Um, But all this other (laughs) stuff I have to read, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is legal stuff. Legalese. Ward's Legalese. Listen to those podcasts. Um, But also keep up with us. Uh, Ward is here every fourth Wednesday. His updated article is up on BlendRadioAndTV.com. You can see his articles in Success Express Magazine, as well as Big Blend radio and tv magazine but of course again keep up with ward go right to his site best employment attorney san diego.com and he's on twitter are you still there you're still on twitter oh yeah i'm still on twitter still on facebook npr walked away npr walked away from twitter they're like we're not doing this anymore i'm still there i'm still there i see people march off but then they come back it's like whatever you know not that big a deal i don't think Uh, the the big problem you know people thought it was going to be a problem to have a certified or whatever they call it certified account Uh, and i don't think it makes any but for me i don't think it makes any difference whether i'm certified or not oh yeah it it, i whatever it's like you know i i I, I communicate pe- with people on social media, like I'll talk back and forth so people know it's us, you know? So no, I'm not, I'm not giving Elon any more money. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it's That's authenticated, basic- I think is the word. Authenticated. Yeah, it's authenticated, authenticated yeah. if you pay some more money. And I'm right. like, no, I don't need to do that. No. It's like, no, I, I know who I am. Well, LinkedIn yeah. is my favorite anyway. That's where I get more business. Well, that makes sense. You're in the business world. That's mm-hmm. it. See? Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn, everybody, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but yeah, LinkedIn, that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us here. Thank you, Ward. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.